Hawks Live. Every Thursday night at 7, live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka. Come on, guys. Let me take over. And Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. It's Hawks Live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. I'm going to give a special thanks to our offensive lineman that's joining us, although I don't know if you call him offensive lineman, uh, a slot receiver, a tight end. Give it up for George Fant, number 74. Everybody loves you, man. Everybody loves you. Hey, George, real quick, could, could you play quarterback? <laughs> no, I can't really can throw, throw? Too, uh, no, I can't no? throw too well. No, because you can do a lot. Yeah, that's the only thing I can't. I can't throw. <laughs> okay. here, here was our dream last week: was that uh, you beat Richard Sherman for a touchdown. Oh, that would have been really nice. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we're asking too much. That's you? a lot. Hey, you know what? It, it's awesome to see George. What's going on with uh, with what they're doing with you right now? Because you played left tackle really well, and then you got injured. They brought in Dwayne Brown, but you can see now that they're trying to get you on the field, and th- that's important, man. I mean, I, I think that what the offense, you know, they, they think of you, getting you out there in all these different situations, you're lining up wide, they're doing all kinds of cool stuff with you. It, it's really cool to see them trying to get you out on the field. Yeah, yeah, and I appreciate it. I mean, um, I tell them all the time, uh, it was it was a rough year coming um, off my injury, um, just watching uh, the guys play and, uh, you know, I really wanted to be out there with them, and I couldn't. I couldn't, you know. So coming back this year, uh, and it's been a blessing to be around some of those uh, those vets in our room that we brought in. Uh, Dwayne's one of them, uh, Sweezy, uh, those kind of guys like that coming in our room, uh, just kind of giving us that edge and try, kind of molding those young linemen into you know what we, what we really want to be later in our career. So it's kind of cool having them in the room, and it's you know that injury probably the best thing that happened to me. Yeah, you know what's funny? I unfortunately have rehabbed too many injuries more than yeah. we talked last year about you possibly getting like a did you get a mountain bike how did what, what kind of things were you doing above and beyond like because obviously you did a lot of work to get back yeah. to where you are what were some of the the things did you ever get a mountain bike uh i didn't get a mountain bike i was always on like just the bike in the retraining room and stuff yeah. like that and I, I really just kind of lived in the training room i did a lot of traveling uh different places to kind of get, you know, get some different uh Stuff done to my knee, like worked on, whatever. Uh, and that stuff that stuff played off in the long run. Um, and just, you know, just working hard on my knee was kind of, it was rough. You know, it was, it was some times where I didn't think I'd be able to do it. But you know, my family, my wife, and my kids were there for me to kind of uh, push me and support me through it. And, and, and like I said, I came out of it stronger for it. Yeah, it makes it, makes it a lot sweeter now yeah. that you're out there yeah, on the field. Well, I was, we, we had you on two years ago. Two years ago, he's out of college, played basketball. Now he's playing professional football, and and you were going through that. Now I'm gonna go back. Now I'm gonna go one year forward, and now you're playing phenomenal football. And when you have the injury, it it ruins the season for the Seahawks. It ruins the offense line. Everybody goes. This is the key to this offensive line. Now we got another year, and I, and I I point. I go. God, you look great. Because in two years, the transformation from it really a basketball player to go to football. Now you're a, a football player, build. I mean, you're cut. I mean, fantastic. Just talk about this two years and either emotionally, physically, just what you've gone through and where you are right now. Because it, it's been a heck of a journey to go from those injuries, never really playing football, yeah. to where you are now, to them trying to find ways to get you on the field. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, definitely just hard work. You know, uh, it kind of paid off for me. Coming, coming in on my rookie year, uh, I kind of got thrown in the fire. 
kind of frail just out there playing, you know, uh, just trying to learn the game as it went. Uh, and I think you know, that, was, that was really good for me coming in my next year. I was really confident. I, I watched a lot of football. I got to play a lot of football. Uh, I was really confident. I, uh, I got my size up. I think I weighed like 322 at one point or 325 at one point, something like that. So I was really big and stout, and, uh, and I was moving really well with the weight. Uh, the injury came, and, you know, uh, from then I had to change my body right away. I lost a little bit of weight so I can get my knee together. Once I got my knee back healthy, I gained the right, I gained the right kind of weight, you know, just try to, uh, you know, stay lean as possible uh, while also gaining as much weight as I can, you know. So I'm trying to stay at the little weight where I'm at and just, you know, continue to build on my game and just learn, like I said, from the vets that we have in the room. Where do you think you're going to be? Because uh, right now they're, they move – I don't want to say you're a tight end, though you could catch. I mean, I know that you, you can. You're, you're a fantastic athlete. Matter of fact, we showed a, a clip earlier on the, the unbalanced line where they, they pitched the ball to Penny, and then all of a sudden you've got to go out there and block a corner. Yeah. Um, and it just shows your athletic ability. But where, where do they tell you? Where, where is your position? What's it going to be in the future? Uh, no, we haven't talked. You know, I'm sure uh, we'll have a talk at the end of the season. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. Right now I'm just, I'm just doing whatever the team needs, you know, and um, we're, we're – uh, we're a team, we're an O-line that, that pride ourselves on dominating uh, whoever we're playing against, uh, no matter who it is. So uh, we pride ourselves on that. We go out there every, uh, every Sunday and go try to prove it. Talking to George Fant here on Hawks Live. And, George, take us back to uh, the amazing thing. I'm always, like, blown away when people just change positions. You know, like uh, J.R. Sweezy, he was a defensive tackle, and right. they draft him here, and he plays offensive uh, guard. You changed sports. Yeah. I mean, that, that is unbelievable. Like, if somebody would ask me coming out of college, uh, you, we want you to be a tight end instead of a linebacker, that would have freaked me out. But if they would have said, you know, I want you to be a basketball player or something else, I mean, that's, w- when did that come about? When did that start to become a reality? Like, who was the first person that said, you should be a football player? Uh, well, that, that is really funny because it all just kind of happened really weird. Um, I was... Just finished my season up in basketball for my senior year. Um, I was just—I was actually getting ready to go through the process to try to find an agent to go overseas and do whatever I had to do. Uh, you know, and that, that this aspect. is at the end of your Western Kentucky, hey, end of my Western Kentucky career yeah, as a basketball right, player, exactly. And um, you know, like one of the actual actual one of the tight ends at uh, my college asked me to play because they needed a tight end because I guess one of them got hurt, and I was like, no, I'm not playing football. I'm going overseas. <laughs> no. The more I, I kind of sat down and talked to my dad about it and told him about it, and he thought it was a good idea, so he kind of pushed it. And after that, that's how I got here. You know, I just kind of uh, went back to my fifth year of football at Western. Uh, it didn't go as planned, but, I, I mean, it definitely was the best thing for me because I learned a lot. Uh, you know, I, I, understand, I got to get a little bit of understanding of the playbook and stuff. You know, so once I got here, it was a little bit better for me. So I think that was the best road going back that fifth year. Now, you said it didn't go as planned. What? What was planned and what, what, what didn't go right? Yeah, right. in my mind, you know, the competitor I am, I'm thinking I'm coming in, I'm going to start, I'm, I'm going to catch the 100 footballs and yeah. score every time I'm going to field. But, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't really get, it didn't pan out. You know, I kind of didn't play as much. Uh, I was, you know, just kind of learning the game. I got, to, I got to play a lot of different positions. Uh, I was joking with one of our coaches today that uh, I, I think I did, like, on pro day, like, at four different positions, like, back to back to back, so. Yeah, uh, yeah no, those kind of things. It ended up working out for me in the long run, though. Yeah. You, you got a new offensive line coach. And look, if you've played youth football, <clears throat> high school football, college football, you play a couple years in the NFL, coaching is important. Now, I don't want to, it, it's very important. 
But I get it. I, you know, I've, I've, I've gone through that experience through, throughout. So there's some little coaching pieces that can make it uh, change a little bit for you as a player. Yeah. You are three years into really playing offensive line. Right. So you had Tom Cable, you know, your first two years. Now you've got Solari this year. What, what are the differences? I and mean, what do you learn from coaching? Yeah, I would say um, the biggest difference would be uh, just the way that they, the way they run the practice and stuff like that um, was, was a little bit different. Uh, Tom was, Tom was about, um, in my mind, it was kind of, like I said, uh, he, he really wanted, like in our drills, he wanted to be up-tempo. He wanted us to, you know, wear, wear ourselves down early, like, and, like not wear ourselves down, but like go really hard early. Uh, individuals and stuff, and then carry it over to like our nine oh sevens and just different parts of practice and stuff like that. And that really helped us in the game as far as being able to move and run wide zone and run the you know run the ball that we wanted away, the way we wanted to do it then. But I think uh, well, come, Mike coming in, he was really slowing things down, really teaching technique. Uh, he's really big on on the technique and stuff like that. And I think that's the biggest difference. But and I would imagine great. for a guy like you, that's huge. Yeah, perfect, perfect, right? Yeah, yeah. So. Like I was like I was telling someone like I learned uh, football just whenever you know was taught whatever um, you know they was teaching me. Um, I learned from Tom first, uh, and it was kind of the running thing. Um, and with uh, Mike is more you know technical and stuff like that. So that stuff is is really good for me. Yeah, I, I think you remember this too, Paul. You, you're either a reps coach or a teaching coach. Right. Yeah, and so some guys like they just want to run as many plays, which I understand because you only get so much time with the players, right. but then. I think I responded more to tell me why. Yeah, right? yeah, and that's what it is. Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it is for sure. We can, we can stop the meeting with, with Mike and just kind of, you know, just kind of get an explanation of what's going on and, and why we want to do this, you know. And, and Tom was the same way with, on that on that part of things, but uh, I think on the field you can kind of slow things down more with Mike and just you know kind of get the same. Well, and they're both obviously great offensive line coaches, right. just yep. different style and everything. Exactly. So yeah, it's it's really nice to see you guys. And uh, you know, uh, we talked to Dwayne Brown the other day. I thought this was so awesome; it almost like gave me chills, even though it's an offensive lineman, which are my Stop it. my sworn. You got a really big offensive lineman. My sworn nice. mortal enemies are offensive linemen because I was a linebacker yeah. playing. But <laughs> Dwayne Brown said. You know, we, I think it was Jim asked him about, you know, that if you're an offensive lineman, you don't have, like, a big ego. It's like you give all of that up. And what Dwayne Brown said is we're protectors and enforcers. Right. I loved hearing that from him, man. Talk, talk about him, who you line up uh, next to yeah. quite a bit. Is What's he bring to that offensive line? Man, he brings a lot, man, a lot of wisdom. He's been playing the game for a long time. Uh, and... In my position, uh, I think that it's he's played a different position too, like tight end, you know, early in his career. Uh, and just kind of seeing somebody who's kind of like me, who's an athlete, can run, get down in space. Uh, he's really, really strong. Uh, so on that part, I'm kind of learning that kind of stuff from him and just the way he approaches things and the way he studies and, you know, take care, takes his notes and watches the film and stuff like that. And, you know, just kind of things like that. Uh, those are huge for our room. You know, you can't, you can't, um, can't just have guys like that. It's not a lot of guys like that in this league, you know. So, and we didn't have any guys like that, you know. We didn't have like a lot of like ten-year guys in our in our room before, you know, before he got here. Uh, so he's been huge and sweezy as well, man. He doesn't uh, he he doesn't really talk as much on that part of things, but he kind of like we in practice, he shows it, you know. He shows that ethic and 
and the way he works and the way he works his hands and just everything he does, you know, so that, that helps us as well. I used to always say that offensive linemen, I was always a little bit jealous of the offensive line because they were so tight. They yeah. were. They were tight yeah, by yeah. far. Yeah. But right. I, I always said this also, they're bonded by misery. Yeah. Because the only time you ever get noticed is if you do something you wrong. You do something wrong, yeah. yeah and you true. never that's, get credit. Like, wow, true. that running back made a great play. And yeah. There you guys are off on the side. Just that's fine. We're, we're, we're cool with that. You're Mostly, okay with that? As we rush for 100 plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You guys went eight or nine games over 150. I'll give you another. I had a coach who used to say, there's between a defensive lineman and an offensive lineman. He said, when I would tell a defensive lineman, I need you to run through that wall, they would run through the wall. And I'd say, I'd tell the offensive guys, I want you to run through that wall. And they go, well, why? Yeah. Can we go around it? Can we go over oh. it? <laughs> now, you guys are a little bit of mixes. You, so you're you saying offensive are, linemen are smarter? Yeah, a little bit. You okay with that, George? A little bit. George, so here, here's one thing. You've been, uh, as an offensive tackle, you know, the first two years, probably not a lot of uh, ball drills. Now that you're playing a little bit of hybrid, are you, uh, you working on your ball skills? And tell me, they've got a couple plays for you on Monday, maybe a little, you know, down the field, get a touchdown? <laughs> down the field. Go Come around. on. Nah. Come on, George. Actually, no, I'm really not. I'm really not. I've just been working with the O-line. I haven't really been No catching. Me. No, I haven't. Come on. No, I haven't. You, are you worried that Minnesota's listening? <laughs> yeah, they're, going, they're okay. tapping in on me. <laughs> nah, I can't believe but, uh, this guy's no, like really, an eight-year NFL veteran. He coached in the NFL, and, like, you're going to give up secrets right, right so now? He knows the answer. We have this conversation <laughs> under this conversation. Just, you have a little just, secret conversation going wanna, on with this. I just want to hear what I want to hear. No, but really, I've just been working on the O-line and, and stuff like that. So we've really, really just been working on our fits and everything like that. You know? it, it is remarkable watch from last year and, and this year. And then, I, to me, people always ask, who's your favorite group to watch? When I watch video, I go, it's the offensive line. It's the nastiness behind them. It's just the, the mentality now. I, and it doesn't matter who's in there. I, look, I, I, my heart sank when Fluker you know, pulled up there and it, mm-hmm. it was a hamstring. But you guys have so much depth now. But right. You and you, know, you got Posick and you got Jordan Simmons. T- talk a little about Jordan Simmons. I mean, here's a guy that came out of nowhere. Right, out of nowhere. He's I mean, really good, man. He's, he's, he's going to be really good in this league. Man. He's a really good player. He's, uh, he listens um, really well. You don't have to keep telling him the same thing over and over. He's young. He's going to be playing here for a while. He's going to be playing this league for a while, man. He has really good hands. He can move. Pretty uh, athletic size, guy. He's kind of like, I mean, he's athletic like you. Too. Yeah, yeah. He's really athletic for yeah. his size, man. I, I, I really think, you know, he's going to be he's gonna be a really good player in this league. All right, so uh, this week, and I, I got a chance to talk to Russell Wilson today. Um, there was a shoe-throwing controversy. <laughs> Do you know anything yeah, about I've, this? Yeah, I've just heard about that today. Yeah. You just heard today? Yeah. It's so funny how, like, uh, well, I'll bring it up. But remember last year, or was it two years ago, when Richard Sherman was screaming and yelling about the wrong play call? Yeah, and somebody it was two asked, years ago. yeah, some somebody asked Tom Cable, and he's like, "What? I didn't see that. I didn't notice." Hey, you know, yeah, like, you'll never know. You, you don't know. notice everything that's going on. But apparently, what's the kid's name? Fred something or Warner? He was the rookie middle linebacker. His shoe came off 45. during the game. Yeah, and. Did you say number 45? I think it's five or eight. Yeah, I think you're right. He's Matt Linebacker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so, first of all, I have no tolerance for people that lose shoes on the field. <laughs> I, I, did your shoe ever come off on the field? Dave, I wore high tops and they were spatted, so they were yeah. taped up. They weren't coming off Hold unless, on, as you would say, my, my foot was in there. What would you say? I got Fluker lost his shoe early this year. 
Well, and that's a huge shoe. That's a big, that's a big shoe. shoe. Like if you, I bet you Russell couldn't that's throw the, his that's shoe really off. A big shoe, man. Like, if he threw his shoe off, it might like strain his yeah. elbow. Yeah. But anyway, so Fred Warner. Yeah, I always say the same thing. Like you know, shoes. Like if my helmet. helmet if it ever came off, my head would be in there yeah. because there's no way my helmet's coming off or my shoe. But he's a rookie. His shoe came off, and so I guess Russell saw it laying on the ground, and he tossed it off to the side. Did, yeah, you, did so, you see this? Yeah, I, I didn't see it. I mean, but you know, I don't think that any way Russell's kind of threw his shoe. Like, like he's not giving harm. it. There was no harm into that, dog. No, it was definitely probably like a – he was yeah, being I, think, I actually think we was in a hurry up. I think we you were. Like, we were in a hurry up. Yeah, so we was in a hurry up. I think I seen yep. that. Yeah, okay. We was in a hurry up, and he was trying to get on the ball, and I think maybe it was like right there. And he threw maybe, it off. I don't think he threw it like far. Maybe like just a – See, know, I really yard. wanted to believe that he threw it like – you know like a bully on the playground where you take a guy's ball and <laughs> kick it over the fence? He may have. I don't know. I really wanted to think I'm gonna watch that the Russell film. did I'm going to go back and watch the film. And see, <laughs> I'm going to see what it looks like. I'm not sure if it's on video, but Russell said, oh, no, there was like an obstruction on the field, and I just <laughs> threw it off to the side. So, But, yeah, that, that drew a lot of attention. But, you know, I, I asked Wayne Brown about it, and I go, I like to think that Russell has a little bit of dog in him. You know? It, it could have been that. I don't know, man. Yeah, I had to ask him or something. But it, maybe it not. Been, Maybe not that, but I, I, Russell, he seemed, comes off as a, and he is, he's a super nice guy, always positive and everything, but you get a, you get a guy out on the field like that and, you know, nah, you're man, all he, competitors, right? He definitely got some dog in him for sure. You, I mean, you guys can all see it in the way he plays. You know, he's not scared to run on the field, you know, and try to make a block 10 or 15 yards on the field. He probably shouldn't be doing that, but he is, you know, and. He won't sometimes he really wants that, that touchdown or get that first down, he'll he'll go get it. You know, he's one of the tougher guys out there. Uh, and I don't and I think he should get more props than what he does on that. What is he like in a huddle? I mean I, I don't think I've ever asked a player. I mean full is, control. Full I, control does he ever joke? Does he ever get mad at <laughs> yeah, you guys? Yeah, yeah for I sure. I mean like, for hey, sure, there's man. someone in the stands, go look at you know, but there's the Joe Montana story in the Super Bowl, their final drive against Cincinnati. Yeah. He the, wasn't the, born yet. I know, I'm telling the story, I'm bringing I'm, some color hey, to no. this. And and he told his offense, and he goes, "Look, the John Candy's in the in the stands," yeah. and the players kind of laughed to, to relax him. Yeah, I mean, does he do anything like that? Uh, you know, not like that, man. But he uh, he definitely has control of the huddle. Um, he's he's uh, you know in practice and stuff. We joke around, I'm sure, but but in the game, man, he's he's all serious, and he makes sure you know that we we calm and collected and ready to go. You know, uh, every time we get out of there. So yeah, he he doesn't do anything too crazy, but but. It's nice to know that he's not not so nice. <laughs> no, 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 he's yeah. not. You just want to know he has That's a good. mean streak. That's babe. all I care about. Yeah, he does. He does. About. He does. Yeah. Good for he him. Does. All right, tell us, uh, George. Now it always helps. Like you're going through rehab, going through tough times. Did the same thing, and I had wife and kids at home. You you got a wife and two boys, Jaden and Jace. Yes. That kind of helps. Uh, kind of bring things back. You know, when you come home at night. Helps you a little bit as far as your your mental attitude. Right? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, my wife does a great job, and you know uh, she works and stuff as well. So we, I try to get them on the way home from from uh, from like um, you know daycare and stuff like that. But most of the time she does, and they they show a lot of attention to me when I get home. So when I get in the doors. It's playtime, of course. They're actually right over here. Oh, you got your kids there. Yeah, awesome. But, yeah, it's playtime as soon as I get in the house. So oh. who's who's their favorite player? Better be George Fan. Yeah, it's me, for sure. Okay, yeah. I just want to make sure. Every, every time the TV comes on or every football game is daddy, yeah. daddy. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that is cool because when I was playing and my kids were small, I, their favorite uh, player was John Elway. 
when I was crying. So that's, yeah, that's hurt. good for you. That. It is. That does hurt. I, I took a picture of you, and I think it must have been Jaden. Yeah. That, that picture, was, it, was, it looks like a football logo. Like three years ago, huh? Yeah, you should like, no, send that to the NFL. Was it, you walking off with your little boy, really cool. You'll cherish that later on. Hey, George, uh, you've done such a great job, and we really appreciate you joining us here tonight, and, uh, and good luck going forward, buddy. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. All right, give it up for George, George Fant. Fant. All right, coming up next, first of all, I want to, I want to thank our sponsors, Heritage Distillings, Batch Number 12 Vodka, Legendary Donuts. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by my co-host of Misfit Radio, Danny O'Neill. That's right here next on Hawks Live. Welcome back to Hawks Live, Paul Moyer and Dave Wyman, and how awesome was that? God, that was fun. Getting to meet George Fant and his two little boys, his, his wife, wife, what a God, beautiful a family. Good, I mean, when I say a good-looking family, that is a good-looking family. Yeah. Just I mean, a, they, and I, I'm so glad to, to see that uh, things are going right for George. And right now we're being joined by Danny O'Neill, my work wife, we like to call him. Danny, how are you? Good. How are you guys? Good. You love George Fant. I know this. I, I We've talked to him a number of times, and you wouldn't believe his little kids, the little mini-me's that he had running around here. But uh, pretty awesome what, what he's done, and what a compliment to him. I mean, first of all, the adversity of switching sports, which is just like the hardest thing by far, but then overcoming an injury, and now the Seahawks are rewarding him by they're putting him out on the field, and not because I guess I shouldn't use the word reward, but it's necessary to get him on the field and even though he can't crack the you know the he's not a starting five offensive lineman they want him on the field bad enough to you know have him report and make him a big part of this offense i worried about his place on this team as he returned from injury he had such a huge opportunity in front of him he was slated to be the starting left tackle last year and he he suffers a season-ending knee injury in the preseason they trade for Dwayne brown and they change offensive line coaches. And I honestly, if you'd ask me when the season starts, hey, what do you expect from Fant? I hope he makes the team. That would have been, and I think that's probably going to be an uphill climb because he's got to sell someone else on being able to tap into his potential, even though he's missed an entire season after well, his rookie year only being his first year of, of playing full foot, a full season of football. So... The fact that he has played his way into becoming what is, in essence, their, their third tackle, the tackle eligible on a lot of plays, and being out there as many as a quarter to a third of the snaps is a huge, huge testament to what he can do. And I think that the, the idea that that, that, injury, that injury didn't derail his career, and I think that would have for a lot of people, and I think he's got a really bright future in this sport and hopefully for this team. Yeah, I honestly, I... I think he's a pro bowler someday. And athletically, we saw it his rookie year. I mean, the guy makes the team and starts, you know, his rookie year and had never played offensive tackle in his life and, you know, only a few games really in, in college football. And then last year we saw the change. I mean, when he went down, it was devastating to this offensive line. I mean, it was he was playing that well and he was such an important piece. And then to look at him now and, 
I, I looked, you know, we were talking about it, the transformation just of his body to go from really a, a big guy, basketball guy, to now a football body who loves the game. He's smart. He's athletic. I I just don't know what position they're going to play him, but whatever they decide to play him in, he's going to be one of the best offensive linemen we've had. And I tell you what, he has a chance to be one of the best we've ever had athletically. He's got to keep you know getting experience to be a football player. So pretty excited about him, Danny. Yeah, it's really cool to see the story. And you're right, the future is really, really bright for him. because, And, and I think that this is something Seattle has tried with other guys as well is when you take a long shot or a flyer and say, if everything breaks right, maybe this guy can... The upside is when, when a player like that hits, it's kind of found money. Uh, Richard Sherman, I include in that group because he was not a very good college football player, as Dave's talked about watching him at Stanford. He was new to the he position... He was awful, of, Danny. <laughs> he, was, he was. He was new to the position of cornerback, and w- when he got it, he just he just exploded. And you see the other guys that they've tried of... Hey, we'll, we'll see if this works, whether it was Alan Bradford. He was a college running back. They moved and played linebacker that they've been able to make things that I consider. Heck, Red Bryant. Red Bryant, I yeah. thought, was on his way to getting cut from the team when they moved him out to defensive end. And instead, he became a starter on what was a Super Bowl championship team. I think it's funny that uh, NASA just brought this up, that he asked uh, George's wife, Chastity, how is it? feel george to not be the best basketball player in the family oh yeah because his wife was really good a really good player how good are his kids gonna be yeah i mean oh my goodness you got i I would tell george keep having kids yeah i used to tell manu tuiasasopo that all you do is breed champions just keep going man (laughs) 10 12 15 whatever that that was pretty good they want a girl so they're gonna keep going yeah well and i think the the best who was the best athlete in that tuiasasopo family uh, Danny. Well, you, you'll hear Matt. people say a lot of man, people tell you Leslie. Leslie was the yeah. oldest daughter, oh, and yeah. and She's and uh, and the the youngest the youngest daughter I believe is Ashley. She was a huge. She was a great softball player. So yeah, I think Leslie is coaching now, right? Yeah, she was a vo- scholarship volleyball player at UW on some really good UW teams. Matt certainly yeah. w- was was fantastic. He had a scholarship to play football at UW, and then went to the the Mariners and played baseball and made the the major leagues instead. Yeah, yeah, he he was incredible. I remember watching him. Uh, they were almost qualified for the um, Little League World Series, and it was the regional down in California. He was pitching and shortstop, and I go, God, this family's loaded with talent. <laughs> I mean, it's, it were pretty remarkable. Yeah. Hey, hey, Danny. I mean, last week, you know, I my my key hawk was Bobby Wagner, and and I, I and the reason why we're I never going to hear the end of this. We, by we, the way, we will after this week. It was a really good week for me. All right, that was my key hawk. I won the point spread for it. There were some other things that happened that were even greater. But my point that I was trying to throw out for Bobby Wagner was he's playing good football, but I we need him to play great football again. Be the best player at that position, a Pro Bowler. And my goodness, that, I think that's the best game I've ever seen him play. What are your thoughts? Hard to imagine a better game. What, he had 108 return yards, uh, 11-yard fumble return. He uh, could have blocked a field goal. Yeah, well, yeah, I guess, so he, I guess that's uh, true. He underperformed? Is that what you're saying? 12 tackles, saying. a sack. It was, it was pretty remarkable. And now they're going to get Michael Kendricks back. And don't underestimate the impact that's going to make. I, I thought Michael Kendricks for being signed the week he started that Monday night game in Chicago. He was inches away from making what could have been a game-turning interception. He, he played really well. 
He's had a couple weeks to practice and get back up to speed, and and I think I think that's really going to help. I I think their defense is going to be bolstered by the return of Kendricks, and then hopefully they're going to get KJ right back as well. Yeah, do you think that's going to happen, Danny? It seems like the more it goes, the the more that uh, KJ right. I, I worry about that one just because I feel like, uh, and you would know better than anybody talking to Pete and the way he talks about players that you can kind of parse where you think it's going. And you know, and look, KJ. I mean, even if they don't have Michael Kendricks, I still think Austin Calitro is a really good player. But uh, but as far as uh, KJ, if you had to if you had to put money on it, you think he's coming back this year? I think he will play, and that's just based on hearing Pete today and seeing KJ back this week after apparently he went and got some treatment out of town last week down in San Francisco. I I, I think we are going to see him again. I, I'm pretty I'm pretty hopeful for him. It sounds it, it sounds like they've been encouraged, but it, you're right. It's not don't take it for granted or uh, accept it as a given because. I think there's still some fingers crossed when when they make that expectation. God, I, I just a healthy KJ Wright, Michael Kendricks, Bobby Wagner. That's three Pro Bowlers. I mean, if they're healthy, I mean that is the best linebacking crew in the NFL. I, God, I hope Bobby comes back, or excuse me, KJ comes back. There's another guy, and you know, I just, when I saw the injury, you know, my, I said my, my heart sunk, and that was Fluker. And we've got depth; we we can we can plug some guys in there. But that injury, what what are your real thoughts? Uh, they're saying two, three weeks, but do you th- do you think he comes back this year? Yeah, I do. I actually, he was up and moving around in the locker room today, and I I thought the same thing when I saw when I saw it, and it was mostly his reaction to the injury because he was mad, yep. and usually. When that happens, a guy knows exactly what has happened and what it means. But it looked like he was moving around pretty well. He's he's always got a, a slightly wonky gait to him. I, I do think we'll see him again. But look, th- this is not the team to be changing things up. And they're going to go with Jordan Simmons, who when he started that game against the Rams earlier this season, it was the first time he had started and finished it was basically the most he'd ever played in a game, including college, where he'd started two games but not played the entire uh, w- quarter to, from from start to finish. But I I thought Jordan Simmons played pretty well in, in that game against the Rams, and it's not like it's not like the Vikings are going to come and throw bigger guys at him. The Rams are about as big and burly as it gets up front. But you're right that that is having to change that up at the front. That that is less than ideal and. I think this is going to be one of the best defenses that the Seahawks have faced. This is a defense that is certainly performing better than the Rams defense. Whether or not it's as talented, you can sit there and debate. But the the, the guys that they've got up front, and and starting with Daniel Hunter, they they they've they've got they've absolutely got some horses up front. Danny, I've never had a hamstring injury. Um, I heard your speed is remarkable. And you probably have had a hamstring injury because most fast guys do. What what is that rehab like for you? Is that tough? Well, you just stop running, Paul. Okay. Which which I'm really effective at. In fact, I... some people would say that you can't tell the difference between when I'm stopped and when I'm moving. <laughs> and that's just mean and an exaggeration. Yeah, no, I don't think actually I would say this a couple of weeks ago. I felt something. I was like, is is that is that a is that a hamstring? Did I did I tweak a hamstring? Because that's never ever happened to me before. Shocking I as thought, it may be, I thought for sure this was going to go the way of uh, it's going to take a really long time for his hamstring <laughs> to heal because it's so much bigger. <laughs> yes, there, I was waiting for. Have you heard this argument? Danny believes that because 
DJ Fluker has a huge hamstring that it's going to take him longer than it would like Tyler Lockett, but there's, it's all relative to his body. He's a larger person, therefore he has a larger hamstring. That does not translate into a longer rehabilitation process. You think he has larger healing power just because he's bigger? His it's cells work at the, his, <laughs> Now you his, bring a totally different wrinkle into it that's insane. It, his cells, the cells that repair themselves, the, it's not like they're supersized, and they've got more work to do to knit together the injured muscle. Sorry, I'm going with the Stanford guy over the UW guy. <laughs> Stanford guy trumps UW guy. Danny knows that he's wrong. He just likes to irritate me. Keep in mind <laughs> that the Stanford guy today declared that if you had ever found his helmet on the field, if his helmet had ever come off, his head would have been inside of it. Because that's how, how tight he strapped it on. That's how smart he is. His head could come off, put it back on, and he still keeps on. Yeah, and I'm still smarter Second. than Danny. Bingo. <laughs> Uh, we have a, a problem with another guy on our show whose head is sometimes other places. Oh, uh, yeah. He had a colonoscopy yeah, so, about I mean, a year ago, and we were wondering if they found his noggin up there. No. Yeah, no. We, did. we won't mention any names. Though. No, Jim Moore. Danny. <laughs> <laughs> Danny, thanks for joining us. You buddy. bet. We appreciate it. Talk to you guys soon. All right, Danny. Thanks, <laughs> right. buddy. Coming up next, we'll wrap it up here, and uh, we'll give you our predictions, and uh, that's next on Hawks Live. Hawks Live at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar in Bellevue's Lincoln Square. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling's Batch Number 12 Vodka and Legendary Donuts on 710 ESPN Seattle. Welcome back to Hawks Live. I want to thank Pearl for the delicious dinner before the show. Tonight we had salmon risotto, not Chef salmon. Bradley, man, he's, he, he's he on his game. He is the man. Be sure to join us every Thursday so you can enjoy the food, too here at Pearl Seafood and Oyster Bar. Paul, what do you think about this game? The more I look at it, and it's funny, as the week goes on, I start to look at a team a little bit more and a little bit more, and all of a sudden you start, and it's just like when we played in the NFL. It doesn't matter if the team that you're facing is 1-10 or 10-1. You start looking at film and looking at the players going, these guys are pretty good. It's like last week against San Francisco. I mean, it was awesome that they were able to get turnovers and blow out San Francisco, but... They're not that bad of a team. No. Coming in here uh, with, uh, with the Vikings and Kirk Cousins, and what's the thing, I guess I would ask, what, what's the thing that bothers you or, or worries you the most as far as a matchup goes going into this game? Oh, that's a great question. Um, this is a really good football team. And on paper, I, they might be in that Ram category. Look, they were in the NFC Championship game last year with one of the best defenses in the league. I, I still think they are. Uh, look, Dalvin Cook, Adam Thielen, Stephon Diggs, Kyle Rudolph, Kirk Cousins, Latavius Murray. That's a good offensive skill set. Their offensive line has struggled this year. Defensively, Daniel Hunter, 11 and a half sacks. Shelton Richardson, he was with us last year. Anthony Barr, Eric Hendricks, Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, Anthony Harris. Those are all Pro Bowl guys. Five Pro Bowlers. They, yeah. and, and some other ones could be. And so what worries me is if we get to third down too much, because they are the number one defense in the NFL on third down. They're only giving up 29%. Uh, so we've got to win on first and second down, and we've been doing that. As a player, Dave, we always think we're going to win. As a coach and me, I always think of the what if. Oh, man. And 
there this is just going to be a battle it's going to be i think it's going to be a low scoring game they're not real explosive but they're a team that can dump the football off to the running backs Thielen is going to be a very difficult matchup for us um it's not that i'm worried about big explosive plays because they haven't had any i'm worried about them just getting on a roll and and we just can't get off the field with them and it'd be frustrating they go 10 12 play drives but with that being said, I, I think at home, the way we're playing and the way they're playing, uh, I just think we're a better football team than they are right now, even though they've got some fantastic names. Yeah, the thing that worries me the most, I guess, is the, the most troubling thing is DJ Fluker going down with that, that hamstring injury just because he is a big part of, of what goes on out there. I love his leadership. He's always positive. He's always chattering. He's always, you know, he just loves football and having him out there. But Jordan Simmons did a really nice job playing down with the Rams. When they, going into that Ram game, when Chris Carson was down and DJ Fluker was down, I thought, all right, guys, this is going to be, this is going to be a tough game. Jordan Simmons fills in and he had kind of an interesting career, whereas, you know, he didn't really, I mean, he had a couple of starts at True. USC. And never played a full game. Never played a full game and he, came in and did really well against a really good defensive line with the Rams. So I guess I shouldn't worry that much. I just think it's the spirit of DJ Fluker that really helps that running game. So that's the part that worries me. You're going up against the number seven rush defense in the league, and they're a little bit worse on the road, I'll say that, than they are at home. But that's the thing I think that bothers me the most. I don't really worry about the defense. They gave up lots of yards last week, but, you know, they make plays, and I think – Getting turnovers is a talent, you know, and it's it's interesting to see how these guys play now, Paul, compared to when we played. I mean, you were supposed to just tackle the, the guy and get him on the ground. Now there's the punch outs. Bobby Wagner tackling the ball the way he did, that yeah. was like something that you never saw somebody do unless it was on accident. That was on purpose, and that's the thing that I feel like this defense has a real talent in taking the ball away. You know, I, I always say for a team – well, any team. Your stars have to play great. Last year, our stars did not play great. This year, Bobby Wagner, Russell Wilson, um, you know, Tyler, Lockett. Tyler Lockett. Thank you. I, you know, to me, and then just the, the collective group of the offensive line, they're playing great football. The guys that we need to step up, and and that's how I think you win. And you you build that with a, a you know a supporting cast. Um, I'll, I'll mention one thing on the worry part: Jordan Simmons, and he did. He played fantastic against the Rams. They'd never seen film on him. They now have film on him. And so, and they know he's going to start. And so it's going to be, how does he adjust to that? He is a fantastic athlete. I'm not worried about that. It's, again, the stunts that they run, uh, the chips, the games they play with defensive line. Can he handle those so we don't get anybody free up the middle on Russell Wilson? There were a couple of them on the final drive that he was in where they did run some stunts. I, I think one of them he didn't pick up on. That's the only thing that I would say worries me a little bit. But, you know, I just think we're playing at a high level and we're just going to find a way to win the football game. I don't know what it's going to look like. It could be low scoring, high scoring. We could be turnovers. We could give a million yards. We throw for 500. We rush for 270. I don't know. But we're going to find a way to win this football game. I think after this game, you're going to be able to tell where this team's going are they charging into the playoffs or are they going to possibly get lucky to to get into the playoffs and you know and and you're right about the d-line daniel hunter and linval joseph and 
Tom Johnson, who was here. Yeah, There's a Tom, lot of forgot about him. Yep, a lot of lot of good experience. Well, Paul, I, you're predicting a win, right? I'm predicting a win. I have the score yet. You have to get that at Sunday on the pregame show, probably oh. around twelve o'clock. By the way, we have two more shows next Thursday, the Thursday after. So make sure you're here. We're gonna have great guests, and you guys are the best, best audience we've had all year. So thank you for that. Once again, Paul Moyer in a quest for cheap applause. It's not and it cheap. really wasn't that. Come it's on, let's cheap. hear it for Paul Moyer. It's not cheap. No. Sucking up to the crowd. Yes, we got two more. Wow, I just well got, said, Paul. I just got like goosebumps. <laughs> Goosies. Oh, my gosh. That Paul hasn't awesome. been cheered like you're used to being booed. Probably. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. They think I'm Dave Wyman. All right, Paul. Thanks for everything. Uh, I want to thank all of our guests, John Clayton, Danny O'Neill, of course, George Fant was great. Special thanks to our producer, Curtis Rogers, engineer, Brenna Hutchison, our promotions manager, Jessica Kelly, our board op, Brian Schoening, and Kelly Colby, who did a great job giving away our wonderful ticket giveaway, and our executive producer, NASA Chobe. Come here next week. You guys, you agree? Everybody show up here next Thursday. We'll see you next Thursday. Thanks for coming. Dave Wyman, Paul Moyer, Hawks Live. We'll see you next week.